Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about, are they worth the pick? Rookie running back edition. We've got initial projections for all those rookies selected in last week's draft. We're going to see which ones are worth the pick for this year's fantasy football. Here we go. Listen up. It's time for the Fantasy Maverick Podcast, starring the guy who's going to help you win that fantasy championship, Jimmy Maverick. Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast coming at you from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And hey, what a great week it was for, for football, man. The, the draft is done. The players are set. Uh, it was great. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the NFL. Like I said, a kudos to them for pulling this thing off remotely um, with all these people in different locations. I think it went great. Um, I was even happy to see that Roger Goodell continued to get booed. I, I like that. That's always my favorite part of the draft. So uh, glad we didn't miss that. Um, but uh, man, so so the initial projections are out. So uh, we got initial placement of where these rookies are on the draft boards for fantasy football. And uh, believe it or not, there are six rookie running backs in the top 100 picks uh, of fantasy football. Now, this, I think, is actually a very good thing. Even though I don't like all these guys for fantasy, um, what that does is that pushes players that I do like farther down the board, makes them easier to get. Like, for instance, Kenny Galladay, who's one of my favorite wide receivers to get. He was a late second-round pick, a late second-round pick, uh, like at 23. Well, now he's at like 25, 26. So he's a lot easier to get. You can get him in the third round, right? That's That's where I wanted to get him. So... That's great for that. So we're going to go through all of these rookies. And uh, what I'm going to do, uh, this little thing that I want to call, are they worth the pick, right? Is, is, are you going to get a sufficient return on investment for these guys that you're going to be happy that you took them at, the, at whatever point in the draft that they're available? So um, obviously, the king running back, the one with the most buzz right now, and deservedly so. I mean, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he was the only running back to go in the first round of the draft. Uh, he was picked by the Kansas City Chiefs. Come on, best offense in the league, best quarterback in the league. This is huge. It's a huge opportunity, and that is clearly reflected on the draft board because Clyde Edwards is currently sitting at pick number 22. So he's a second-round pick, and that is, you know, that— that does give me some pause, all right? So uh, uh, ESPN currently has him projected with 157 carries and 54 targets, so 210 um, total opportunities with the ball. And we have to remember that there still is another guy called Damian Williams in this backfield who, even though he isn't a, a particularly reliable asset, um, he's still very good. He can be very effective on this team. And in my opinion, he's the one that should have gotten the MVP for the Super Bowl, not Patrick Mahomes, because he ran for 133 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Um, so he's going to be, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be split in time uh, with um, with Damian Williams. And I think that uh, Coach Andy Reid finally figured out that, hey, you know what, I don't need to have a bell cow back to win a Super Bowl because they just did it with a total committee last year. Um, you know, obviously, uh, um, uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy isn't there anymore. So uh, that's actually good for both of these remaining guys. But uh, I don't, I'm not so sure you can count on Edwards Hilaire becoming a three down workhorse back. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, unless, of course, Debbie Williams gets injured, which is a high probability event, then he would be 
the the bell cow for those games, but then once Damien was ready to come back in, it will go back to a timeshare. So what alternatives are available at this point in the draft? If you're if if you're late in the second round, what are some other running backs you can pick from? And there are some good ones. Um, you got Miles Sanders. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, these guys are all in the high 200 opportunities level. So Miles Sanders is currently projected to have 286 touches and targets. Todd Gurley, 273. Leonard Fournette, 307. And I've already talked about how much I like Leonard Fournette for the upcoming year because it is a contract year for him. And he's got no competition in that backfield. There's, there's no competition for his touches. And so when I look at these alternatives, and, and, and Miles Sanders I also really like, not too big on Todd Gurley just because of the injury issues with him. Um, and it's the Falcons, and the Falcons are going to throw the ball a thousand times. So I, I just don't think the volume is going to be there. I think uh, ESPN is being a little generous in their projections right now um, with Todd Gurley. But, um, you know, if I have a choice between these four guys, man, I'm going to take Leonard Fournette every time. And again, Leonard Fournette pushed down the draft board because of Edwards Hilaire. So he's easier to get now. Um, and and you you have a good chance of getting him if you, you know, if you're picking early, like first, second, third pick. He might still be sitting on the board at pick number 24, 23, 22. So that's good. Um, so that's where I'm at with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for now. Now, obviously, when we're talking about any of these rookies, there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and the start of the season. And obviously, if Damian Williams suffered an injury during the preseason or during training camp, well, then yes, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's stock is going to skyrocket. So, But we're just looking at it like right now. What's their situation right now? Um, and do they have the opportunities to produce a positive Positive return on investment relative to their relative to their draft position. So uh, let's move on. Now this next one, I'm I gotta say I'm really confused about this one. I'm 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 not sure. Maybe I'm not seeing something here. If you guys want to chime in, send me some messages about this guy. But Jonathan Taylor, okay, um, he was selected uh, by Indianapolis Colts. Um, he is currently sitting at ADP number 37. So he is at the end of the third round, um, the 18th running back to come off the board. And, uh, you know, his current projections, according to ESPN, about 161 carries and 23 targets. So we're talking, you know, 184, 184 opportunities with the ball. And, you know, a lot of people are really thinking that this guy's going to become the bell cow, but uh, there, there's already two pretty good running backs in that backfield. I mean, you got Marlon Mack, who admittedly doesn't catch footballs, but he was the RB14 last year. So he's, he's a good running back. He's a solid running back. Um, and then you also have Naheem Hines, who catches balls and uh, was slated to uh, really increase his share of the offense um, with you know, with Phil Rivers, who loves to throw the ball to uh, to a running back like he did with Eckler last year, okay? Um, so now we've got a three-headed monster in this backfield. And for me, that's like fantasy suicide. And, and, and you know, I'm sure that Jonathan Taylor has, you know, he has the talent that he could be a three-down back. And certainly if things happen, if Marlon Mack gets injured, which, you know, he is not as reliable, uh, you know, he's sort of a moderate reliable uh, player. He did play most of the games last year. Um, you know, if he gets hurt, then obviously Taylor's stock would shoot up in my book. But for right now, let's look at the alternatives. Who are some other guys that you can get instead of Jonathan Taylor at this point in the draft in the third round? Um, okay, we well, got Chris Carson, you got Melvin Gordon, and you got Le'Veon Bell. 
Now, you look at the opportunities that these guys are going to have. Chris Carson is per- projected to have 288 targets and touches. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 245. Le'Veon Bell, 309. I've been harping on Le'Veon Bell, too, just like Leonard Fournette. Huge reversion care, uh, huge reversion potential this year. Um, you know, both Bell and Fournette were were hit with the fact that they didn't score a lot of touchdowns last year. That really hurt their value. I'm thinking there will be a reversion for Bell as well in the touchdown department. That is going to make him worth his pick. And I got to say, to get a guy in the third round, end of the third round, that can get you over 300 opportunities with the ball, shoot, that's the guy you take every time. Leonard Fournette, I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, both those guys I love for fantasy football uh, this year. And, and I cannot see any possible situation where I would take Jonathan Taylor over those guys. Unless, of course, Marlon Mack suffers a season ending, any injury before the season starts. Um, but, man, you got to go with opportunity. You got to go with someone that's going to give you a positive return on investment. And certainly Carson and Bell can do that right now with the situation that they're in. Um, also, those guys, Carson and Bell, they don't have a lot of competition in the backfield. I mean, Chris Carson, you know, he's got Penny, but Penny hasn't done anything since he entered the NFL. So I'm not concerned at all with that player. Uh, and Bell's got no one else. There's no one else competing for for him with touches in that backfield. So, uh, you know, do you want a guy that's going to be competing with three other dudes for touches? Or do you want a guy that's just the man? And, and, and so, again, Taylor, no, not worth the pick at this point. There's no way I would take him over these alternatives. So let's move on. Now, now we're getting into the point of the draft where I'm going to start really seriously looking at these running backs because there is some serious value here. And the next one I really, really like, one of my favorite picks from the draft, DeAndre Swift, taken by the Detroit Lions, currently sitting at ADP 50. So we're talking this guy's an early fifth round pick. That is huge value, man. That is amazing. The 23rd running back off the board. Um, uh, so they're projecting him right now as a low-end RB2, but I got to say, man, this guy has the potential to be an RB1. Now, he's currently projected to have about mm, about 220 carries and, and, and uh, targets. Um, so that's, you know, that's not too bad. And don't forget, he is sharing time with Carrion Johnson. And, and But the thing is, the difference here, you know, when you talk about like, like, um, you know, someone like Carrion Johnson versus someone like Marlon Mack is Carrion Johnson is much more injury prone. Carrion Johnson has not been able to stay on the field during his uh, NFL career. Um, uh, Car- excuse me. Carrion Johnson has not been able to, um, to stay on the field during his NFL career. So there's a big opportunity here that DeAndre Swift could just take over this backfield uh, if an injury happens again, which it probably will. Um, now you look at the alternatives during uh, that other people that are available, and you, who do you got? You got Devin Singletary, who was also a, a very much a favorite of mine until the NFL draft when they took another running back early. So he's going to be sharing. Um, he's going to be sharing opportunities. Um, he's projected to have 235 touches and targets. Um, you got. David Montgomery, who was very underwhelming last year, 247 touches and targets. And then you got Raheem Mostert, who certainly uh, is, I I do very much like Raheem Mostert, but he is only predicted to have about 216 opportunities because that's a much more crowded backfield. Um, And he will be splitting time with Tevin Coleman and, and, uh, you know, um, 
So when, when we look at that, I mean, the opportunities on all these guys is about the same. David Montgomery just doesn't thrill me. That, uh, that, that offense doesn't thrill me. The quarterback controversy, the offensive line. There's a number of issues that are preventing me from saying, okay, I would definitely take David Montgomery at this point over Swift. But I really like the upside of Swift here. The fact that you can spend an early fifth-round pick or late fourth-round pick on this guy, uh, that's value there, man. That is, that is serious value. Um, with certainly upside. So um, I, I very much like this. And also the fact that he is will be involved in the passing game. Um, that means that, uh, you know, should the Detroit Lions fall behind, which you know they will, they will fall behind for sure. They'll have to throw the ball a lot. Um, so he will still be involved in the game plan if that happens. So Swift, very much like his placement right now. I, he would definitely be on my target list. Next up is a, is a much more controversial pick uh, that I very much like when it happened. Uh, we got Cam Akers next up uh, as far as the rookies. He's currently placed at ADP number 66. So he is like a, um, uh, he is like a mid sixth round pick right now, uh, which is, you know, very reasonable. Uh, currently the 28th running back off the board. So they're projecting him at, at flex value, which is good. And I certainly think he has upside from that position from uh, RB 28. Um, he is currently projected to have about 200 touches and targets, um, which I think is great. And when you look at the alternatives, you know, the thing with the draft, man, it thins out super fast, right? We're only at pick 66. Here's who's available as an alternative for running backs. Uh, You got Kareem Hunt, who's projected to have 159 touches and targets. You got Sony Michelle, who has been ridiculously underwhelming in his NFL career. He is reliable, though, 213 touches and targets. Um, and then Darius Geis, a guy who I have no faith in that's going to be able to complete a full season at 187. So when you look at his Cam's total touches and targets uh, right now, it's very competitive with these guys. And um, with the way that this offense is built, you know, again, it's built around the play action pass. It's built around, um, uh, you know, uh, screen passes and stuff like that. Uh, I think Cam Akers is going to be in store for a larger share of the offense than what they're saying here. Um, ESPN currently has him projected as like a 50-50 split with Daryl Henderson. But Daryl Henderson is not a workhorse. Daryl Henderson did not show much at all last year in his limited opportunities. And so I am not... particularly concerned with Daryl Henderson as far as competition for Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is going to take the lion's share. I think it's going to be more like a 65-35, maybe a 70-30 split with those two guys. That would mean a lot more volume for Cam Akers. And and again, big return on, on investment for this player in this offense. So um, again, um, Akers, another one I really like his placement right now. Um, so Swift and Akers are looking really good on the draft boards, I got to say. And, I, and I'm betting, I'm also betting that a lot of these guys are going to move up too. I think they're maybe being a little bit conservative right now. But as the buzz starts to build on running backs, you know what happens, man. They just start, they start rocketing up the draft board. But right now, absolutely every draft I'm going to select – one of, at least one of those guys, uh, just because of the opportunity. So, so who's next? All right. So next, uh, we got Keyshawn Vaughn. Tampa Bay took another um, another running back who's going to get significant playing time. He's currently placed at ADP number seventy nine. So um, you know we're talking a, a late seventh round pick. That's not bad, mid round pick. 
Um, he's currently projected to have about 165 opportunities with the ball. And of course, he is sharing time with Ronald Jones, who uh, was another player who I was really liking early on. But now that they've taken Keyshawn Vaughn, that kind of takes the takes the the shine off of uh, Ronald Jones. And I don't think he's going to be as good this year just because his opportunities are going to suffer. Um but let's look at alternatives. Now, uh, alternatives at this point in the draft are going to be players like Jordan Howard, uh, who is currently projected to have about 200 touches and targets. Uh, you got Carryon Johnson down here now at about 220 targets projected. And you got Philip Lindsay at 208. Uh, and, and I got to say, when I look at these guys, uh, when I look at the alternatives to Keyshawn Mon, I'm, I'm not super thrilled uh, with the idea of going with Keyshawn. Now, I think a lot of people are going to think that uh, he's going to become the next um, James White. And while that certainly is a possibility with Tom Brady being on, on the field and, and, and all that, um, I, I'm not going to count on that. I got I to gotta see more as to what's happening and how they're going to be utilizing him during you know, uh, practices and training camp and stuff like that. But when I look at the alternatives, man, I got to say, you know, Jordan Howard is now down in Miami. Um, they picked up, they also picked up Matt Breida. I don't consider Breida much of a threat. And I, I do like Jordan, Jordan Howard's opportunities down there. I think that offense is going to be much improved this year. Um, although there could be a quarterback controversy, you know, with Tua um, and, and Fitzpatrick. So, you know, but that one looks good. Carry on Johnson, not really thrilled with, uh, you know, again, has not been able to stay healthy. I don't think he gets to 220 carries and, and I don't think that he will last the full season. It's just, he hasn't been able to do it. Um, but Philip Lindsay, I, I tell, I got to tell you, man, I really like Philip Lindsay this year. Uh, you know, of course, everybody's going on Melvin Gordon, uh, but Melvin Gordon just changed teams. He went, um, you know, he signed a big contract, so he's got the big contract hangover. New team, new coach, new quarterback. Uh, Lindsay's been playing with these guys since he entered the league a couple seasons ago. Um, I've got a feeling that Melvin Gordon is going to severely disappoint, and Philip Lindsay has tons of upside here. He'll certainly have the opportunities. He'll still be involved in this offense, and this is going to be a good offense too. I mean, I'm I'm very excited for the Denver offense now. Um, so if it, if it comes to a choice between these four players, I think Lindsay would be my top choice. Uh, Jordan Howard second, and and really, Carry On and Keyshawn just don't don't thrill me right now. Uh, all right, and now now we have one more, one more running back rookie in the top 100. It's J.K. Dobbins, who was t picked up by Baltimore. He's currently sitting at ADP number 91. Uh, he's the 36th running back. So he is basically projected as a low-end RB flex. Um, and I got to say, I think they're being generous. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I love J.K. Dobbins for 2021. I do not love him for this year. Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, Mark Ingram is still there. Mark Ingram is about as reliable as you can get with running backs. He does not get injured. And, um, you know, yes, he is getting up there in age. And he's kind of past the age when I consider uh, some uh, for running backs who I want to draft. Because I believe he's 30 this year or 31 this year. So he is getting up there. Um, but you've got a very, very crowded backfield. And regardless of how run first this offense is, 
And uh, and I also think that Lamar Jackson, they're going to reel back his carries this year. Uh, I don't think they want him running down the field as much as he did last year. That's that's you know he did it like 175 times last year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think he's probably going to be. They're going to get him. They're going to try to cut that by about 50. So I, I think there there will be more opportunities for the running backs. But you also have Gus Edwards. You've got Justice Hill. Uh, so you got four guys in this backfield. And and to take a chance on J.K. Dobbins, where the only way this guy has value is if Mark Ingram gets injured. That's really the only way that he's going to get enough opportunities in order to be worth the pick. Even this relatively cheap pick um, in the, uh, what is this, this is an eighth round, late eighth round pick. Um, again, I, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it for this year. Next year, J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be in my top 12 this year, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's look at the alternatives. So his alternatives are, um, well, let's just say J.K. Dobbins, I don't know if I went over this. He's currently projected to have about 116 opportunities, targets and touches. Uh, alternatives at this point in the draft, James White projected to have 143 targets and touches. Marlon Mack, 213 targets and touches. And Daryl Henderson, 198 targets and touches. Oh, and you know what? Damian Williams is also down here too at about 140. Um, I got to say, man, I think I would take every one of those alternatives over J.K. Dobbins this season. Um, you know, especially, I mean, Damian Williams, I mean, everyone knows that like Damian Williams is injury prone, right? But Clyde Edwards Hilaire can also get injured, right? It can also happen to him. And if he gets injured, then Damian, Damian Williams will be the RB1 on the best offense in the NFL, that has some upside value. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, James White is certainly a rock-solid play here, in my opinion, especially if you're in a PPR league. Uh, you know, just because Brady isn't on the Patriots anymore does not mean that the game plan is going to no longer need uh, a pass-catching running back. It will absolutely use it some more. So um, James White I like. Marlon Mack certainly will have opportunities on the ground and—, and you know, again, what at this point in the draft, what are you looking at? You're looking at low end flex options. Uh, you're looking at guys that you're really just hoping are going to get a touchdown the week that you need them. Um, so, I gotta say, J.K. Dobbins, I'm not sure. I don't think I would take a chance on him this season, especially at this draft position. He'd have to fall significantly for me to put him onto my roster as a bench stash. You know, that's what I think he is. He's a bench stash this year, uh, borderline handcuff <laughs> option. So that's it, man. So that that's it. That's that's the six rookies that are in the top 100 of the NF uh, of the uh, fantasy football listings right now. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing with the rookie wide receivers uh, on my next show, and we're going to see which which guys look good. But it, but as far as we're as far as we're talking right now, man, the guys I like the best, Swift and Acres, are just like in this perfect little sweet spot. For, for upside potential relative to their draft position. Um, Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, um, Keyshawn Vaughn, J.K. Dobbins, again, not guys that I am, I am really looking at right now. They would have to fall on the draft board for me to consider them at this particular point. So uh, anyway, so that's it, man. That's it for the that's it for the show today. Uh, let me know what you thought of. Are they worth the pick? Because this is something that I can do on a more regular basis as well. I just uh, um, this is something that I always consider. Value is a huge part of what I look at when I am analyzing players in my app. Um, the value ranking is one of the most important things. 
um, that I consider when I'm looking at players. I want players that are undervalued relative to their draft position because those are the ones that are going to provide the most benefit to your team um, during the course of the season. You, the, the, those excess opportunities, those extra touches and extra targets that they're going to get over uh, other guys at that same level in the draft, it, it's, it makes a huge difference for fantasy football. So that's why I focus it on so much. So thank you very much for watching today. Please like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Comments down at the bottom. I love to hear from you guys. And uh, that's it. So like I said, next week we will be back. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go to two times a week now. I'm going to be doing this on Saturday as well. Next one, we're going to be doing the wide receivers. We're going to look at those rookie wide receivers and see if they are worth the pick. So thank you very much for watching. Have yourself a great day and uh, stay safe, stay healthy out there. See you later, everybody.